keeping it local all day, every day. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. Hala, and welcome to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. Happy Sunday. Yes, happy Sunday. It is the first day of the week. But I tell you what, this one is epic and we are starting it with a bang. First up, we're going to be learning exactly what it takes to not only survive life, but to conquer it from a woman who has been through all the roller coaster highs and lows and has come out on top. Canadian YouTube megastar and social media sensation, Lily Superwoman Singh took Sharjah by storm on Thursday with thousands of young fans turning out to see her at two separate sessions. I sat down with Lily and spoke to her about some of the biggest turning points in her life, the best advice she has for kids who are looking for a career in YouTube, why she's so passionate about giving girls a voice and what her dream is right now. The answer to this one is definitely not what you would expect. Buckle up because all of that and more is coming up next on Life Beats. You're listening to Pulse 95. Life Beats, Life Beats. with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. You can do this. Come on, Lily, be strong. You got this. You can do this. Come on. Lily, here we go. Okay. You got this. Shake it off, Lily. Don't let that get to you. Come on. Do not listen to them. Keep going, Lily. You get back in there. Get back in there. Please, don't give up. You said you could do this. I can't do this. Girls should not act like that. Stop thinking you're somebody special. Cheers to you, Lily. Cheers for being the most pathetic person you know. I can't do this. My name is Lily Singh, and that's me, knocked out. Life absolutely kicked my butt. I was depressed, I lost friends, I had no goals, no job, I had no spark, I had no fight left in me. I honestly thought it was all over. And then, something changed. Get up. Get up, Lily. Come on. Come on, Lily. Get up. Get up, Lily. Get up. Keep going. You can do this. Get up. There you go. I decided that it wasn't over. I decided I could do it. I could fight back. I just had to be a boss. Seven million subscribers. People magazines wants to watch. Over nine million subscribers and over one billion views. Forbes is 30 under. Making the superwoman a powerhouse. Lily really is a superwoman. And now, I want to teach you what I've learned. Because to be a boss, you don't just survive life. 
You conquer it. You have to overcome obstacles. Commit to yourself. Hustle harder. Aim high and make mistakes. Mold your failures into successes. Trust your heart and use your power. It's never too late to fight for your life, even if it's against your own shadow. Because the greatest obstacle you will ever face is you. Yes, she's been down many times, but every time she's come back fighting even stronger. YouTube superstar Lily Singh was given a rock star welcome by thousands of excited young fans at the Sharjah International Book Fair. Now at more than 14 million subscribers since beginning her channel in 2010, her videos have received over 2 billion views with Forbes last year ranking her 10th on the list of the world's highest paid YouTube stars, earning a reported 10.5 million dollars in 2017 alone. She is known for her energetic mix of comedy sketches often featuring Punjabi parents both played by her raps and skits that hit ethnic and gender stereotypes as well as her observational and motivational monologues and behind the scenes vlogs. All have helped her to become a huge hit on the video sharing platform and in March 2017 she released her first book How to Be a Boss. No, you've got to get that right. It's not boss. It's boss. A guide to conquering life, which has become a New York Times bestseller. I sat down with the superwoman herself, and I started out by asking her why she started creating YouTube videos in the first place. Lily Singh, amazing to have you here in Sharjah, of course, at the Sharjah International Book Fair. How has it been for you so far? It's been incredible. It's my first trip to Sharjah, uh, not my first trip to the UAE, but still it's incredible and I love every time I come here. Just how fantastic. I've seen all of these girls and... Aren't they the best? Or everybody's lining up. They're just amazing. The signs and the gifts and the drawings. I'm just like, every time I walk on, I see things like that, I'm like, I can't believe you took time to do this for me. Like, I just, I feel like you should do- Do you have to pinch yourself? I do, because I'm like, you took so much time to do this for me. Like, it just blows my mind. It's amazing. And it's amazing. You've, you've got so much influence now. You know, 14 million subscribers just on YouTube alone. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of these are, are young kids, uh, as we're saying. And uh, so the, the question really is, why did you decide to start all of this in YouTube? Well, I decided to start this because, truthfully, I was a sad person in in 2010, and I had no real direction when I was in the last year of university, you know. I wasn't super psyched about the psych degree, uh, pun intended. Oh my God, (laughs) it's the first time I've done that. Pat on my back. Uh, I wasn't super psyched about that, and I I used to be really creative as a kid, and I kind of lost that spark. Um, So I went into, you know, a little bit of a dark phase when I discovered YouTube, um, and I, without much thought, posted a video, and it snowballed into this career I was not prepared for or expecting. you were like, this is trash. What on is this? going on yeah 100 i was like there's no i mean the fact that i called myself superwoman goes to show that i didn't think it would turn into something really big because copyright is a thing (laughs) you know and you can't do that but so when did it kind of blow up for you and you just went this is where i'm going to be expressing myself this is what i want to do all the time i was probably the last person to think that i made it to be honest everyone else was like no man you have a million it was even i you know even when i hit a million subscribers i was like this is definitely just chance it's definitely not a thing i still wouldn't be like oh this is a career and this is a success at all i think it was the first time i performed in india 
which is when it was eye-opening for me because growing up, I loved Bollywood movies and I loved Bollywood actors and actresses. And when all of them were reaching out to me, you know, to meet me, I was like, oh, wow, this is like a thing. Wow. And so that first time I ever performed in India as Superwoman was an eye-opening experience. Who me. did you meet from the superstars? So first time ever Indian sh- uh, in um, as Superwoman in Mumbai, I, Shah Rukh invited me to his house. No. And then I shot a video with Madhuri Dixit. And so right off the bat, that first trip, I was like, <gasps> And I like <laughs> mentally shut down because I was like, I don't know how to comprehend this at all. And even my parents, for them to be like, what? <laughs> what? These people know you? And I'm like, yeah, mom. Like, they- And it was all over the newspaper that I like met Shark. And I was like, oh my God, this is insane. This is insane. <laughs> Unbelievable. Um, now, of course, you know, YouTube is there, but you also wrote a book. I did. How to be a boss. Yes. Way to nail it. Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I tell you what, this is actually not my book. Oh, no. This is my 12-year-old's book. Hi, 12-year-old. What's your 12-year-old? Her daughter? name is Janine. Janine. She Very bought nice this book you. a year ago. Wow. As you can see, it's like dog-eared all through. Like she's folded yeah. pages through <laughs> because she read it cover to cover. And she was just completely changed by it and completely pumped. And she's like, oh, my God, Mom, you have to read this book. This is unbelievable. It's amazing. And, uh, you know, I have to say, she knew who you were before yeah. I did. Okay. <laughs> Which is completely fine. I love it. I love when people don't know who I am. Because then I can lie. I can be like, oh, I'm, oh no, I'm actually, I'm Deepika Paracone. That's who I am. But why did you write the book in the first place? It's had such a huge impact. New York Times bestseller. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I exercise the muscle of writing short form so often because I make YouTube videos. And that's, you know, five to seven minutes of content that is designed for the YouTube machine. So it is... What's the punchline? How can I retain people's attention? And how can I make them laugh very quickly? So it's a different type of storytelling. With a book, you can be much more thorough. You can tell thorough, thorough. You can tell long form stories and you can get kind of more in depth and really capture the feeling of something because you don't have to particularly worry about people clicking away. Right. And so it was just a different experience, a different type of story I wanted to tell. Um, and I like challenging myself. You know, I never thought I would write a book. It definitely was super difficult, but I, was I did say, write. Like, you yeah. did it all yourself. I wrote every word of You're this book. You're not the, the ghostwriter type Absolutely person. not. Every word of this book. And you can see on my vlog channel me pulling my hair out every day writing this book. So <laughs> it's all documented there. Coming up next, I ask Lily why she talks so explicitly about depression in a book all about conquering life and the incredible reason that she has become such an outspoken advocate for girls. That's all coming up on Live Beats on Pulse 95. Pulse 95. You're listening to Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats with Sally Musa only on Pulse 95. 95. Welcome back to Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. I'm in conversation with Lily Singh about her book, How to Be a Boss, and why she's become such an outspoken advocate for girls. It's a brilliant book. Thank I've you so had much. a chance to read through it as well. But, you know, you do talk about conquering life. That mm-hmm. is your big thing. Um, but in the book as well, you have these sections called Out of the Blue, mm-hmm. where you go into a lot of detail about, you know, experiencing episodes of depression which I think is amazing that you really talk about those struggles, but why did you decide to to put such emphasis on it? Some people would just weave it through the story, but you really just made a point of, I need to tell this. 
I think it's because, you know, when you, I know what it feels like to feel so hopeless. And sometimes when you feel so hopeless, you can read a book like this and you can watch a movie or you can listen to something and you think, this is not for me. This is, I'm not this person. That's never going to happen for my life. Which is why I wanted to include these out of the blue sections because I wanted people to really understand where I was before, before I got to learn all of these lessons in the book, you know. And it's just my life has worked out in such a way where I can take examples from depression that are the exact opposite of my life post-depression, which is, you know, the calling myself Superwoman Alicia Keys coming up to me, not thinking I would ever become something. And this is just such parallel examples that I really felt important because I want people to know it's not just wishful thinking and it's not just fairy tales in a book. It is someone who was really, really in a bad place and worked really hard to get out of it. And I think everyone can do that. Especially in the world of social media, Mm -hmm. it's almost impossible to imagine that same person who is bursting with energy, who has such great ideas, who's the most successful businesswoman. And and that's another reason I wanted to include it because a lot of people will approach me and say, you're always happy. Like, how are you always happy? And I want them to know, no, I'm not. Mm -hmm. I don't want to promote the facade of 100% happiness and positivity. I like to be happy and positive, but I'm not always that. And people should know that that's okay. Especially for young people. Exactly. Especially for kids who are watching mm-hmm. you. Um, Especially just, when a good caption will get you clicks. And it's, <laughs> you know, you have to put on this facade of like, I'm in this happy place. No, it's okay. You don't yeah. always have to be happy. A lot of kids look up to you. And uh, a lot of them are thinking now, maybe I could do a YouTube channel. Like, what would you say to them? Like, what should they be thinking about and doing? I think, and I know I'm, I'm going to say this and lots of people are going to ignore me. Um, but when I started in 2010, the biggest difference between people who started... Um, a couple years ago versus now is that a couple years ago no one thought you could have a career on YouTube. No way. You, no one made a video being like, I'm going to be rich or famous. Everyone in you know, my area, era of uh, creation, they made videos because they were sad or they had anxiety or they were getting bullied or they had something to say. They needed YouTube and they needed a community and it's changed, which is fine. You know, that's the natural progression of any platform and now it's very much so known you can have a career on YouTube and so I would just say if you're going to start a YouTube channel, it's very tempting to start it to be rich and famous and have a career, but there needs to be some sort of substance to what you're talking about and there needs to be a passion or else it's just not going to have the longevity you want it to have. Yeah. In terms of um, what you do outside of YouTube, uh, you're so passionate about giving girls Mm -hmm. a voice. Uh, you know, power, uh, a space, a place in the world, uh, you know, a greater place in the world. Why, where, where does that drive come from? You know, I think I'm a big believer that everyone has a chip on their shoulder. Every single person has some sort of chip on their shoulder and whatever that chip is, is a result of whatever life experiences you had. I'm very self-aware that the chip on my shoulder is gender equality. I'm very aware of that. And so I miss no opportunity to teach people about feminism, especially men about feminism, because I know it can be a scary concept sometimes. Um, But it definitely comes from my upbringing and the fact that it was very difficult for my mom to have two daughters. You know, she had one daughter. Her second daughter, me, was not celebrated. I was not... She she didn't tell her family for a week that she had a girl. And um, it it was a hard journey of just proving that there was value and worth to being a girl. And so I was raised in that. I was very often told not to speak up about things and just to kind of go through life, get married, do the things you got to do. And I am fortunate enough to say that I changed people's minds. I changed my family's mind. I changed my extended family's mind. And not everyone, though, has someone in their family that has that ability. Some people just live their whole life thinking that there's no value to being a girl. And so I want to educate people on the fact that 
not only will those girls go on to do great things that we need them to do, but the world would scientifically and factually be a better place if more girls were educated and had equal opportunity. And I don't think a lot of people know that. I think they think it's a power struggle of like, you just want to change culture and you just want to take our, you want to eat men and you don't want to. <laughs> but no, it's actually like statistically proven that men and women would both have. And not to mention that feminism also would benefit men because it allows men to be on a spectrum as well. You know, I think men are also raised to be the tough providers and protectors, and that's probably tough on them as well. Right. So I think, you know, we just need to do a better job of letting people know that there's no specific role that you have to fulfill being a, a boy or girl. Because they're often not given that space as well. Exactly. To, to be given, you know, the, 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 the space to let go a little bit. Exactly. And to show what could be classified as weakness, but it's not. Exactly. It's just human emotion. Everyone's on a spectrum and everyone is a human and right? I don't think you can conclude anything from someone being a boy or a girl. Yeah, yeah. I mean, And so many girls uh, look up to you as well. And there are girls out there who are trying to be powerful and maybe can't for some reason. They can look up to you and, and think, I've got her in my corner oh 100% I am in your corner 100% and not only that there's probably many other people in your corner in your life as well that you just need to band together with like I said there's strength and sisterhood and make your voice heard I'm a big believer in today's day and age that if there's not a seat at the table you drag a seat to that table and you make your voice heard you bring it over mm -hmm. make your own table you're cool <laughs> I like you're a cool mom I'm telling your daughter, you, your mom's cool. Janine, she's cool. Yeah, I'm giving the cosign to oh your mom God. that she's cool. <laughs> this is just too much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, now now that is an amazing moment. Getting called cool by Lily Singh is something else. Coming up next, I asked the superwoman about fame and how a lack of representation has impacted her. Keep it here on Life Beats on Pulse 95. Life Beats, Life Beats with Sally Musa, only on Pulse 95. Welcome back to Life Beats on Pulse 95. Now, if you've seen the footage from the Sharjah International Book Fair, you will have seen incredible scenes of hundreds of screaming fans as Lily Singh, Superwoman, entered the Sharjah Expo Ballroom to deafening cheers. She is a role model for kids around the world who look up to her as someone who represents them. Now, I asked Lily about what it was like to see her face everywhere from Maroon 5's Girls Like You video to giant billboards in the middle of New York's Times Square and how a lack of representation has impacted her. Speaking of cool, mm -hmm. who's cool? Who's got their picture in the middle of Times Square? Oh my Excuse goodness, me. is it me? Yes. Is it I? What is that Am like? I the person? You know what? I'm going to be really honest because when people ask me this question, I think they want me to be like, it was amazing. Of course it was amazing. But there's certain things in my career that I physically, mentally, and emotionally cannot compute. And that is one of them. So when you go to <laughs> Times Square and you see your face up there, literally you look at you and you're like, huh. That's my face. And it's next to Beyonce. <laughs> and it's next to Beyonce. <laughs> and then you just don't know how to 
comprehend that. So then it just kind of stops there. I'm super grateful and super exciting, but there are certain things where it's just too much to understand. I'm looking up as if I'm looking at Times Square, but there's just certain things where I'm like, I don't know how to handle this. <laughs> because you are, you absolutely are one of the most, um, not just stunningly beautiful oh, Asian women, but stop. like just your, your, um, your soul and your voice and your power is so important. So uh, to me, it's a wonderful thing to see that, you know, uh, for me as a Muslim, it's wonderful to see, you know, Halima Adin mm -hmm. and, you know, those who wear hijab and they're representing. Did you wish that you saw more women like you growing up? Yeah, 100%. Like I said, I grew up with Bollywood. Yeah. So I saw a lot of people that look like me, but it, but in westernized, of yeah. course, but in westernized mainstream media, no, I didn't see a lot of people that looked like me. And I think truthfully, maybe I didn't understand what impact that had on me until I was on billboards and people came up to me saying, it's so great to see someone looks like you. And I thought, why didn't I think of that when I was a kid? And I think the answer is that I had no one to say that to. Right. <laughs> so, or it was just normalized to you that yeah, you of course. There. And and yeah. one reason why I really think we need more inclusion in mainstream media is because a tweet I often get is, "Oh my God, Lily, you look exactly like insert any other brown girl in media. Someone I don't even look like." They were like, "Oh my God, I get you and Mindy Kaling confused all the time." I'm like, "Oh my what? God, we look nothing Mindy alike." Kaling? Yeah, so it's kind of just like there's so few brown girls that whatever few they are, you just clump them together because you actually don't Crazy. know what various brown girls look like. You just think that's they're the same person. It, that's why we need more of them. Exactly. Because <laughs> Ryan Reynolds not, does not that, look that, like Ryan yeah, Gosling. Exactly. That's, sure. that's exactly it. No one gets them confused. Um, I mean, it's a compliment. I'd love to look like Mindy, but I'm just saying we look nothing alike. <laughs> um, so growing up, who then was your biggest inspiration? Mm, it's definitely The Rock. I know, it's, it's just, everyone's like, okay, we know. <laughs> the Rock, Selena Gomez, my mom. I'm currently one of my inspirations though that I, I, I have found a new respect for is Emma Watson, just because I've learned more about feminism, I've learned more about you know social causes, and I think she's such a good voice and advocate. And you know when, when you hear her addressing the UN and talking about feminism, you just sit there and you're like, I'm so glad you're the one that's talking about this because she's so compelling and so graceful right. and lovely when she does it. Yeah. Um, and it's just so smart. Smart is what I should have said before, graceful and lovely. Um, but she's so intelligent and so well-spoken. Coming up next, find out what Lily's biggest dream is. And this one is definitely not what you would expect. It's Pulse95 and Life Beats with me, Sally Musa. You're listening to Pulse95. Pulse95. Talk about radio? It's Pulse 95. Pulse 95. Life Beats. Life Beats. With Sally Musa. Only on Pulse 95. 95. Yes, it is Life Beats. And I'm talking to Lily Superwoman Singh. Who will have to say, I have uh, interviewed hundreds of people, many at the top of their game. And she is absolutely one of the most humble, smart, and fascinating people I've ever met. And here... I asked her about getting behind the camera and what her current biggest dream is. You've also just set up a production company. Yes. Why'd you do that? I did that because, uh, well, from a business standpoint, I want to diversify my business and I want to do things that I don't always have to be the face of. You know, I, my biggest passion is storytelling. 
I love being in front of a camera, but if a story can be told in a way that it's better if I'm not in front of a camera, I have no ego in that scenario. You know, I just want a good story to be told. And so I'm excited to direct and write and produce and just simply green light some projects. Um, but things that I can't really do on YouTube, you know, longer form, more raw content for underserviced voices. Like I said, YouTube is all about get their attention, make them watch. There's some stories that don't function like that. They have to be kind of longer form and a slower burn. Couldn't agree more. Mm -hmm. I love that. I, I love delving into the story. It Feeling feels it. good. I feel good about this. Uh, is there another <laughs> book in you? Oh my God. So I recently went to my publisher and I was like, I want to write a part two. And then she's like, oh, those don't do well. And I was like, oh, <laughs> and then I just stopped. So I think I will write another book, but not only because it doesn't do well, I think I want to try something different. I think it's going to take me a year or two because writing a book is very hard. Mm, Honestly yeah. and truly, it is very, very hard. It was, I knew it was going to be hard, but when I was writing it, it was much harder than I anticipated yeah. it to be. Yeah. Um, so I think I do want to write another book, but it's going to be a little while until that happens. I'm looking forward to it. But what's you. your biggest dream? Hmm. My dreams are never consistent. I think different times of my life, I've had different dreams. For example, when I was younger, my dream was to meet The Rock. And so I can't say that's my dream right yeah. now. Um, my dream right now... My dream right now, and when I say dream, I'm going to also preface this by saying I'm not going to dream for it, I'm actually going to work for it, is to learn how to be more balanced. That's my dream. Because I feel like I've accomplished a lot in my life and I'm very grateful, but something I could be better at is learning how to be a little bit more present and learning how to be a little more balanced in my life with professional and personal stuff. Is it like... Um, are you thinking... I mean, uh, when you talk about balanced, I'm thinking of... of I'm supposed to be a Libra. I'm a bad Libra. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like we're always, you know, on our phones. We're thinking mm -hmm. about what's going on and the next thing. Is that because I mean, your schedule must be insane. I mean, yeah, it's you definitely. Like that or what is it exactly? Believe it or not, I'm pretty good at putting my phone down when I want to. Like I'm really? not. It, it, most of this con is contribute to the fact that I get car sick when I'm on my phone. So in the car, I can't be on my phone. But I think it's also just about not feeling guilty if I'm not working. That's the bigger one. It's if I'm at home, and for example, the past weekend it was a Saturday and I told myself, Lily, you're gonna do nothing today. And by midday I'm already like, should I reorganize my closet? Should I start a new project? And I had to be like, Lily, you are doing nothing today. And I had to keep telling myself because it's in my nature to just create a task for myself. So I'm trying to learn that it's okay to do nothing for a second. Do you know, we all have that problem. And because we're made to think you've got to be going, going mm -hmm. all the time. But actually, you know, there's that there's research now to say you need that space mm -hmm. of actually doing nothing to be more creative. Right. So I just need to get better at knowing that's okay. I'm, yeah, I'm so excited for that. Yeah, I'm saying about it. Same. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I know. Yeah, all my, all, do it. all my incoming gray hairs are also very excited for that. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody just do nothing with Lily Singh. Oh my God, I love it. That's it. That's your next video. Literally, yeah. you just lying on oh, the beach. Oh, oh my God. A five minute video where I'm doing nothing. I'm yes. into it. No, I'm serious. I'm into it. You have it. to do that so people know it's okay to do wow. nothing. Wow. Game changer. Yes. I'm going to do it. Thank you so much. Oh my God. Thank <laughs> you. Such a pleasure. <laughs> Such a fun conversation with Lily Superwoman Singh. And of course, if you missed any part of the discussion, uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Live Feeds podcast on SoundCloud and Apple Podcasts. As soon as it drops, you will be the first to know. Now, coming up in the next hour, we talk rare and antique books and artifacts. Would you know how to spot a gem? This is Pulse 95. Pulse 95. It's a Shasha story.